It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to the Go Birds Pod, a radio.com podcast about your beloved birds. Uh, hello, Philadelphia. I don't think we get into what's going on because we know what's going on. Boy, do the Eagles suck. Yeah, something awful. Something awful. Welcome in, everybody. It's episode number 147 of the Go Birds podcast. I uh, have uh, started drinking the Liquid Deaths uh, to try to soothe my soul here, even though I sold it to them at liquiddeath.com. Elliot uh, Shore Parks checking in with us. Just coming uh, right out of the... Uh, Lincoln Financial Field after coming uh, with uh, Doug's and Carson's press conferences, which I'm sure we'll get to too. But uh, Elliot, how you uh, how you doing out there, pal? I mean, you know, better than the team. But <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, that was um, one of the ugliest, least competitive games I've seen this team play. And I think the moment that really stands out to me, and we'll talk about a lot of the ugly moments from today. But Car- Carson's second interception. Like, it'll get viewed as a throwaway interception, and it'll be viewed as, like, all right, the game was already over. But the fact that this game was viewed as already over speaks to how badly this team's playing right now. Yeah. I mean, they had two timeouts. They're down four minutes. They're, I mean, sorry, they're, they had two timeouts. They're down two touchdowns. They're driving. There's four minutes left. Like, they scored there. The way the defense was playing, uh, maybe they come back in that game. But right now, when you watch the team, you never think they're going to win. Right. Like, throughout the week, you can convince yourself into it and all these things, but almost as soon as they start playing, you're reminded why they're just, they're not a good team. They're not. And it, it starts with a lot of different things, but uh, they are just not a good football team right now. Yeah. And it's just so goddamn inconsistent all over the place too. And uh, outside of the defense, like you just mentioned, and that second Carson Wentz interception forcing, you know, the ball to Jordan Matthews, that's what scares me the most is just like you're staring him down and you don't even bother. You don't even bother to look at Greg Ward, who is basically wide open from the jump. Like they're playing a – I don't know what they're doing on that side of the field, but they – I mean, they were just reading the quarterback and there was about 15 yards in between him and the safety and you're just going, man. I mean, that's, that, is, that is simple stuff that 
Carson Wentz over the last two weeks has like regressed majorly. And I know that um, I think it's rather funny too now that everybody's like, oh yeah, I guess you know uh, a lot of and, and this came from a lot of pro Wentz people that I saw on my timeline and just like you know maybe it's time to start benching Carson Wentz. Or maybe it's time to think of other things. And now people are thinking of doomsday scenarios when I just want to point out uh, so he doesn't have to do it. Elliot Shore Parks was right on from the jump on this thing. And yeah, I disagreed with him at the time too. And yeah, there was probably a lot of hateful shit that probably got sent his way. And it's right. This looks like a 9 and 17. A 9 and 17. I don't even know if they get to 9 now. Uh, this more is is turning yeah. into seven and nine, and that's flipping around. All of these concerns about Carson Wentz finally caught up to him in the last two weeks, and and that has been the the discussion since the Patriots have left. I mean, this thing is not changing. This team is not going to do any better if it doesn't start with him first and foremost. Uh, and this is this is very concerning. I know he said he felt strong mentally. I don't believe him, okay? Because that is not anything that I saw of his ability to read a defense, to get locked into his first reads, to not throw the ball away after three or four seconds when you can feel pressure. His clock is wrong. He's He doesn't have eyes in the back of his head anymore. Like the last two weeks have been disastrous, disastrous. And that has nothing to do with any yeah. of his wide receivers, even though they didn't help him out and they weren't getting open either today. And, like, Jesus Christ, like, it is it is a complete uh, blowback here for me, at least, Elliot. Well, and let's uh, take this step by step. So you said Carson mentally. And I'm, I'll ask you this. Like, when you say that, do you mean mentally, like, there's a lot of pressure on him and he's pressing or mentally, like, he's not seeing the field well? Both. I think both of those things are 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 the same thing almost. Like there's so much pressure. Well, so there's... here's why I would Okay, go ahead. Yeah, here's why I would slightly disagree with that. So I think that I, I definitely agree he's not seeing the field well right now. But I think the narrative like the the idea that he's pushing because of pressure, uh, I think there's probably a little bit of that, like there is with, with all quarterbacks in a lot of ways. But I think that when people say that, like the fans, it's something I saw a lot um, on, on my timeline today too, right? Uh, I just think that undermines what the real issue with Carson is, like, he's not an accurate passer. Like, that's the bottom line biggest issue with Carson right now. It's, it's, not, it's not so much uh, mental. I, I think there's part of that, but I don't think that's a big part of it. I don't think it would have mattered who was that receiver out there today. I don't think the play calling is, is really a big issue. I mean, there were one or two plays you'd scratch your head at today, yeah. but the biggest issue with the play calling is the quarterback. Right. So when, when Carson, I mean, the, the throw today to Miles Sanders to start the game that, you know, basically everyone was blown away at how bad of that pass that was. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was a really bad pass. Like you can't run an offense when your quarterback can't even complete that pass right now. I mean, you figure on the first three drives, the first drive he missed Earth on third down on a, a play where the ball was kind of close, but it was behind Earth and it almost gets intercepted. Second, second drive, he's high on a third down pass to Miles Sanders. Third drive, he fumbles the ball. So, like, Carson was the reason they lost this game. Yes. Like, I, 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 I do want to talk big picture with Carson, and I, and I want to talk about the defense. But each week, you know, there's kind of a battle between the pro-wins and the anti-wins, or however you want to label them, of, like, whose fault. But, like, there's no denying this loss is on Carson West. Like, yes. point, blank, point blank simple. They win this game if Carson plays better. 
And you know this is this is slightly off of that topic, but I I think it totally relates here. And I got I can't remember who asked it on Twitter, and there's a couple of people that uh, maybe have asked this question to you too. Is hey, you know, 2017 that's starting to look like an outlier for Carson Wentz. That more more than it is him. I mean, that just looks like it yep. was a, a good year and whatever. Um, and here is my thought process on all of this. It's an outlier for fucking every single person. If you want to go to that, then I think you have to go to Doug and say, okay, uh, you you have to believe then, in my mind, with this kind of thinking, that Michael Lombardi was right. Okay? I so, completely disagree. And, with and so you can continue. But I'm go going to continue because we know that Nick <laughs> Foles... Also, in 2017, is more of an outlier than he is, oh, that's Nick Foles. We know that to be true. The same thing that we're asking with Howie Roseman. Is that an outlier in 2017? Because he hit and hit and hit and took guys like Patrick Robinson, who had no shot in any career, and it just ended up working out with this. And it worked out with everybody in there. No, you know, the, the injuries were still there, but it didn't seem to overcome anything. Then you have to believe by Howie Roseman's track record, because he is what he is, then he too is also an outlier in 2017, and so on and so on. And so on. That's where all those discussions could turn in. And, and, and I think if you believe one, you have to start believing the others. And there's plenty more examples of this to go through, except for fucking Jim Schwartz, who's been the most consistent thing that's on this football team yeah. in dealing with all they're, those injuries. They're very, uh, they're very lucky. The Eagles are very lucky people don't like to hire defensive head coaches because Schwartz is really the only reason this team's been competitive the last year and a half. Yes. Right? I mean, when you look, like, the defense has kept them in a lot of these games. Like, even games that they've won are have been relatively low scoring. Like, so Schwartz is it's massive that he's doing a great job and the defense is playing well. Uh, you know, the defense, I will say today, they played at a high level for sure. There were also two touchdowns there that if they just catch the oh, ball, yeah. like, yes. you know, all of a sudden you're looking at it and they're giving up, you know, in the 30s. But it is what it is. They didn't catch them. The defense created turnovers. They got a lot of big third down stops. The defense played really well. Here's where I would agree and disagree with your, what you, with your thought about the outlier. I think that, yes, you're right. Like, to pin it all on Carson, it, it's not all him. He's the quarterback, and he's a large part of it. But if you're going to look and say 2017 is an outlier for Carson, then you're right. Like, it is an outlier for other people. It's but for everybody. Alshon Jeffrey, Nelson Aguilar, Torrey Smith, every single one of them. Outlier. Well, I mean, Torrey Smith had a better career before he got here, too. But still, all mostly outliers in this one. Like, every single person. Well, yes. Agreed, right? Like, Alshon played. Although, the funny thing about it, even Alshon that year is he was really only good for, like, four games. They were just in really big spots. But but regardless, like, the only, the only thing I disagree with you on is I still have a lot of faith in Doug Peterson. I still think he's a really good head coach. Like when you talk about the trio of Howie, Doug, and Carson, I think that it, there's more of a chance that 2017 was an outlier for Howie and Carson than it was for Doug. I still believe Doug can coach. I still know he can manage the locker room. And part of that is just because last year we saw the offense click at a high level towards the end of last year when Foles went in. And it was starting to pick up when Carson went in. But regardless of the whole – I don't want to get into a Foles-Wentz thing. My, my overall point is – 
I think right now the reason Doug looks bad is because Carson's not playing at a high level. And every, Whereas I don't think and everyone yeah, else and everyone else and the rotating of personnel over and over and over again. And it, but that's what I'm saying too. Then both of those have to be true at least if you go to that extent. You know, and if we're wondering what's wrong with Carson Wentz, I would start with 2017 and the goddamn Super Bowl. The most wonderful thing that happened to us is the worst thing possible that could have happened to him and this franchise mm. moving forward. The worst thing that happened after that for Carson Wentz. They are not concerned with his development. They weren't concerned about trying to find somebody from the outside. And granted, they didn't have a lot of time because they lose Frank Reich almost instantly. Mike Groh is not pushing those buttons. He's a wide receiver coach. He is not a QB coach. And I don't know much about Press Taylor other than his name. So, and the same because you lose there and then you lose the ability to start developing wide receivers because your best wide receiver coach, now you're on your eighth, is your offensive coordinator, which clearly he's also not qualified for right now, uh, or at least bringing more creativity or helping Doug Peterson or any of that stuff right now. So it's all built around that. It's, it's, it's if people wonder why this team in Carson Wentz is playing that the way that they are, everything changed. Personnel changed. Howie Roseman missed and didn't help this team get any better at the trade deadline this year. There's I, 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 there's a multitude of things that are happening of why Carson Wentz is failing. And on top of that, he's doing, the, at least for the last two weeks, a lot of it on his own as well. So, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 but I, the franchise, the franchise is not functioning at a high level right now. Not right. At all. Like, like how, how he did not do a good job. Part of the reason, and you know, I don't want to use injuries as an excuse. I true, I do truly believe that injuries are an excuse that like losing teams use. But I mean, there's just no denying they're go- they're out there today without their top three receivers, three out of the four running backs they had on the roster to start the season, without their right tackle and their right guard that are arguably the best two offensive linemen on the on the team. So like, they they are playing undermanned. But like that doesn't it doesn't excuse. Like Carson missing Miles Sanders and wide open, Agreed. and you're not, I know you're not you're, yeah. you're not saying that, but I'm just I just think like that's why it's a plethora of things, and it's kind of like hard to pinpoint what the main issue is because yes, injuries are an issue, absolutely. Yes, Howie Roseman did not do a good job this offseason. That's starting to become very clear. Like Dallas Goddard again, really, you know, he had a bad fumble today. I think Goddard's been a disappointment over the last two weeks when you really needed him to step up. Yep. Like I know he's a backup tight end, but he was a second round pick. Like. He has the same amount of responsibility to be an impact player as J.J. Like Whiteside does. So, like, um, yeah, that, that's an issue. But, again, like, almost none of that matters if your quarterback isn't an accurate passer. Like, Correct. if Carson's accuracy doesn't improve, it almost, it almost doesn't matter what Howie and Doug do. Just because you can't run an offense, and in the NFL you're not going to win if you don't have an offense, you just can't run an offense with a bad quarterback. And right now, doesn't mean for the long term, it doesn't mean overall, Right now, Carson went to the bad quarterback. Yeah. He just did. Yep. He's not seeing the field well. He can't deliver passes. So that's where – that's the only part I disagree with you about the outlier thing. Is like I do think right now you can pin it right on Carson. I do think you can. On a larger scale, reasons to be concerned about Howie, and I can see how – and that, that's the other thing that becomes more clear about 2017 the more you get away from it. It's just how special it was and how, like, it's just so important for a team to get confidence – and to yeah. like get that feeling that they're a really good team because like that's what happened in 2017. They were nine and one. They knew they were really good. But this Eagles team since then has never been able to get going. Like they lose two, they win one. 
They win really, they win really ugly. You don't even feel good about it. They play a stellar game and they come out the next week and all play well. Like you, they can never get anything going. I think that's their biggest problem. Yeah. And, and that starts with a lot of different things too. It's just, um, are you saying like it's on Carson for the season and the reason why they are the way they are? Or are you saying he's the large part? Yeah, of I it? believe Carson. I, I mean, look, it's never a hundred percent blame on one person. But if you had to pin, if you had to take 100% of the blame and pin it on individuals, I think Carson deserves the largest portion of the blame. I don't know if it's, you know, whatever that portion would be, but I think he's done a worse job than Doug has. I think that Howie Roseman's hard to really pin in there, but I, I still think Carson has simply played poorly. Like, and then injuries are a part of it, but, you know, Alshon playing poorly matters, but he's a small piece of the puzzle. Like, like Carson's a much bigger piece. And today you saw where like the Seahawks were trying to give that game away. They were trying to, they were yeah. missing open throws. They were fumbling the ball. They weren't taking advantage of turnovers. And Carson just, he just couldn't make them pay for it. He just couldn't. Um, and yeah, see, I, I, I don't think I can pin it even for him on the season. I, I will pin the second half of the season on him. I'm happy to do that. Cause that's pretty evident and clear. And the things I start to think about are like, you know, I, I distinctly remember us getting into discussions about, like, if this wants to become a running team and that's how Carson Wentz wins and all this stuff, then what does that really say about your quarterback? And I've said that a couple of times, yeah. and now that looks very true now, too, and that feels disgusting in my mouth because, you know, some of that you have to go back and be like, <laughs> yeah, like, we're all jonesing for Jordan Howard and there's no Lane Johnson and, like, there's and, – and I'm, I, I'm not like Elliot. Injuries do matter. If guys aren't there, if you don't have your starters, that, those things matter a, a ton. Like, that's just clear for a, a lot of different teams. Yeah, look, injuries do matter, and I, I can see that. But, but my, my ultimate point is when, you're injur- like, when your injury decimates the season like this, it has more to do with the franchise functioning at a low level. Because we saw in 2017 that when a team is functioning at a high level, when the coaching staff is, like, getting the best out of their players, when the general manager has made right moves, you can overcome injuries. Like, they lost their quarterback that year. They lost. Uh, they lost their left tackle. They lost their linebacker. They lost Darren Sproles. So, like, they lost their best special teams player, Chris Marigos. Like, that team had a lot of injuries as well. So, was it to the extent that it is right now with the Eagles? No. But on a larger scale this season, the injuries are more so looking really bad because the, the franchise itself is not, is not doing a good job. Yeah, but that's like, I mean, you're talking about three years in a row of the same type of injuries and they were winning before they got to those injuries. And now they, now because they're not having that franchise success, as you're saying, the injuries matter so much more, <laughs> you know, like, cause you can't even get going and your best players, even though they are on the field, like Fletcher Cox and all of this, it's just like, I don't know, something they need. Some of it all needs a rest. Some of it needs to be completely dialed back in terms of what they are actually trying to achieve now, because, you know, you're you're not going to get to the Super Bowl, obviously, like this, uh, and they need to redirect a bunch of th- different things to invest in Carson. And I'm not just talking about on the field. I'm talking about the coaching staff. Like, uh, I, I, it's not all their fault, too. Like, that's that's I want to make that a point. I know we're all screaming at Mike Grow a lot of the time, and some of the times I really can't understand why. Um, but he was put- yeah. The Mike Grow criticism is is just so silly. Like I, you know, like if you if if you want to say they should bring in a fresh set of eyes, that's one thing. But like Doug runs this offense. Doug calls the plays. Like I just don't get the fascination with Mike Grow from from like the fan base. No, and and um, 
and they had such a strong staff. That's that's the part of that that is that uh, most franchises don't have to deal with in year two of drafting a quarterback. Like we were all expecting that tr- the trajectory was going great. Obviously, like they had a, all this creativity around him. Everything was humming. Alshon Jeffrey's brand new at that point, and they just start winning. And all these other new guys come in, and they start winning, and they start winning, and they start winning. You try to do that and replicate that part of it, and that's what the Eagles are completely stuck in. Uh, and they have been, and it's um, one of the biggest reasons why they should have turned to Carson as quickly as possible because this stuff will just continue to pile up and pile up and pile up um, if they don't correct it and start getting like, I don't need to see Nelson Aguilar on the field for the rest of the year. I don't. I need. I mean, I mean, come on. I, I need. That's- no, no, no. I need Greg Ward out there because I know Greg Ward is going to stay here. Nelson can go do and get his snaps where wherever else. I, I need guys that have some sort of chemistry or are hungry or, or whatever because uh, he, he played uh, good today. And I think it's atrocious. Yeah, that, that, because they didn't cover him. Because they didn't cover him. Like, they, 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 just, they left him wide open, basically. I mean, they were covering with linebackers at certain parts. Like, I, 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 if you want to say play great work every week, I'm cool with that just because who knows. But I, I think, like, you, you, you put Aguilar out there when he's healthy. You put Alshon out there when he's healthy. Like, those players are better players than Greg Ward. Well, I didn't say Alshon. I said Aguilar. I, I just I, – I don't – Right, yeah. I, I don't, I don't want to waste uh, any more time with a guy that's clearly not going to be here. Like, just – and confidence, all of that. And still, that is the biggest thing for Carson right now is confidence. He has none. Uh, it is clear, yep. and, and he can say that all he wants, but when you're completely disjointed in how you're building your base when you're throwing, how you're basically like spread eagle in sometimes with your with your legs and then throwing it sidearm and uh, all a, a ton of hospital balls today, like all of this tells me you don't have confidence in either what you're seeing, the players, um, uh, and and he and still like he knows what's happening. I can see that he knows what's happening when the defense you know moves around or he checks off and then they audible. I actually thought that was like the best part of him that I saw today. Uh, except when the ball is snapped, it's kind of like Nate Gary brain where it takes over his head and then he forgets what he's looking at. And uh, I don't know what it is. And and then at the end, just trying to force balls to guys that he trusts, like you know Ertz and and on and on and on and on. Um. I, so I don't know. Like, what would you do with Carson Wentz at this point? I'm certainly not t- turning to Josh McCown at, if you, unless you want to give, you know, him a heart attack and like, I don't know, no, <laughs> commit yeah, hard yeah, yeah, on the yeah, sideline or whatever. Like, you cannot at any point bench Carson Wentz for the rest of the year. He needs to get a climb yeah, out clear. of this. Yes, right. clearly. Yeah, there. You are better off losing every single game by 40 points than you are going to Josh McCown. Yep. Like, no doubt about that. There's no way you bench Carson. It makes no sense. And it just makes no sense, right? So you're not going to bench Carson. What I will say is Carson said after the game that he's going to get more tests on his hands. And I think he'll probably end up being okay. But his answer about it was a little like, we'll see what the tests say. So that's something at least to keep an eye on. But okay. what you do with Carson is, you. I mean, I don't, like in the short term, in, in the long term, I, I think they need, like, somebody else in there to manage Carson. And, like, Doug is doing a good job, but Doug's head coach. He's a lot on his right. plate. Like, whether that's a new quarterback coach, whether that is I, – I don't know, honestly. Like, they need someone in there to help Carson because he's a mess right now. He's a complete mess. Like, the mechanics are a mess. His accuracy is a mess, which is 
kind of always been an issue for him, but uh, it's definitely a mess right now. He just he's not playing well. So you got to get the quarterback fixed. In the short term, I don't know what you do because you can't fix long term problems, big problems like that in a span of six days. Now they play the Dolphins next week. Um, I don't know what the score of the Cowboys game is right now. Ten to but six. Ten to Cow- six. Yeah, right now. Okay, so they're down. They're down four points. So uh, look, maybe if, assuming they lose that game, you're still only a game out. You have three winnable games. Although I would guess the Dolphins and the Giants and Washington are looking at the Eagles right now and saying this is a game we can win. Yeah. But like, there's three games you could win. So I think in terms of what you can do next week with Carson, it just I, like try to get him easy throws early on and hope you can get his confidence going. I mean, today he didn't even hit the easy throws, but like that's really all you can do. I mean, you just put your best playmakers out there around him. If, like I said, if Alshon and Aguilar are healthy, I play them. Um, so you just, you gotta, you just have to kind of keep where you're going now because I mean, you played 11 games, like you're, you're, it's week 13 next week. I don't know if you can really do much more. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't know what you can do much more other than, you know, I mean like Alshon and Howard are a, a huge deal. Like, um, and I don't know how long a stinger is supposed to last, but clearly not this long. And, uh, um, it's unfortunate, uh, you know, and the same with, Alshon, I don't know what happened to him either, but um, they they desperately need to be here. That's not to be overlooked. Not to mention, like we even touched the offensive line in you know having Matt Pryor coming. I think in his first NFL action, like actual real. Yeah, benching Dillard. Yeah, uh, Dillard getting sat down, and I guess he was right about saying it's like writing a hand or writing an essay um, after writing it with your right hand and then somebody telling you to do the same thing, just do it with your left. Um, it looked like it today. Uh, yeah, I thought that was actually a good move by Peterson because uh, Matt Pryor and Big V made it look a lot easier. <laughs> and it's it's sad to, sad to yeah. see that. Yeah. I mean, look, the, the, uh, that was, again, the part with the interception with Carson with four minutes ago. Like, even as bad as it all was, they were kind of clicking at right there. The defense, yep. you know, was, was playing at high level. They were moving the ball down the field. And then that interception just, I mean, it, it, it ended the game. And it was brutal. I mean, like, I'll, I'll ask you this, though, because I'm kind of I'm kind of conflicted on it. On one hand, I don't think the Eagles are anywhere close to being on the level of the Patriots and the Seahawks. On the other hand, they had real chances to win both of these games yep. the last two weeks. So uh, it's, it's confusing, like, what do you think? Well, it's con- it's only confusing because um, James Seltzer's right about one thing. I mean, Seattle is uh, is beatable every fucking week. I don't know how they ended up with this amount of wins, um, but uh, and I haven't played uh, you know the ultimate close attention to them, so I'm pretty sure they've had a lot of close games, a lot of weird blowouts in there. I know the Bucks got to them too. The Patriots are the ha- are having the same issue on offense that the Eagles are. That's why the Patriots aren't winning. Um, and it's pissing off Tom, and you can tell that it's happening against Dallas. Like right now, as we're talking, like it is just that is not clicking. That's with guys that have won many Super Bowls and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's why the Patriots look beatable to me, and that's why I'm I'm just still I I am not panicking about Carson Wentz. I'm just not like I can't get to there yet. I can I I'm I'm gonna question a lot of things, and I think there's plenty of reasons to be concerned about what is going on but um i think this is a the the best case of what happens after you win a super bowl or when you've come close 
or everything. Like teams act crazy because they want to go win that Super Bowl either now or again or whatever. And that's why, you know, what the Rams have done, um, they, they're, they're an offense that was so consistent, it didn't matter, is now inconsistent uh, just by little tweaks and touches there. Uh, the Falcons again went through this the Saints went through this after they won a Super Bowl like NFL teams are stupid and they think that and it's hard to argue because think about all of the things that we said after 2017 like the best the best the best the best the depth the best the best the chemistry the chemistry like all of that you just go okay cool now go do it again Elliot even said it well they they got injuries when they won the Super Bowl so this is nothing new to them yeah it's just so one incredibly hard to do it and I think we've all realized that now but if NFL teams by now don't understand that you have to be so goddamn cutthroat and still trust your process more than your results this is as clear as clear can be bad decisions after bad decisions after bad decisions after trying to dig yourself out get things going panicking over the golden tate trade more than likely not doing anything this year it's the same thing it's why emmanuel sanders is not here and he should be because they wow we don't want to we don't want to do that again and nelson Aguilar being hurt emmanuel sanders being right in his good old slot that will probably would have helped uh that confidence build so all of these things matter and like yeah honestly if someone can tell me what car what's wrong with Carson Wentz I'm all ears accuracy has been the most consistent again consistent thing uh that we can point to and Elliot's pointed to that many times so uh so so my, my point is he's and no one wants to hear this you have got to give this guy time and this team to reshuffle what it is because uh, that's also a big mistake. People make really bad decisions trying to correct the other really bad decisions, and everyone needs to be patient and see what this team does in the future because it's going to have to retool a lot and hit a lot and get lucky a lot. I know there isn't a lot of faith in that. Sorry, go ahead, E. So, well, I don't want to say it's definitely time to panic with Carson, but I do think – it's getting to that point and partially because of what you're saying, like they need to build around Carson better than they have. Like Carson, the player aside, and I think personally with Carson, there's reason to panic, but that aside, the Eagles need to put a better thing, a better infrastructure on Carson. They need better talent. They need better. I think coaches underdog, right? And those things are hard to find. And I don't think there's reason to be very confident that Howie Rosen will be able to do that. They've hired, assuming they move on from Carson Walsh, they'll be in their sixth receiver coach, or I think their fifth receiver coach next year in five years, right? Like the receivers, Howie's not shown he's great at adding receiver talent, Um, all those things. So I think that there's reason to be turned around Carson. But one thing, and I, I talk about Carson all the time, so I'm well aware of what people are saying about Carson. One thing I think that isn't mentioned enough as a possibility is maybe he's just not going to be the same player after the injuries. And there, there's no reason. No, that's not like a shot at Carson as a person. That's not a shot at his talent. Any quarterback that in back-to-back years has maybe the, maybe the biggest type of knee reconstructive surgery you could have, right? Tore ACL, LCL, and like bands in his knee, like yep. major knee surgery. And then the next year, fractures his back. Like, those are two really, really bad injuries. And the further we get away from it, I do think there's something, one thing that needs to be examined is, 
is just is Carson physically the same guy? Because those are just really bad injuries. They just they just are. I think that's a fair question to ask. Um, I don't know if I can clearly see this, but maybe because of how he got injured. Well, that's not true either. I mean, like he was pretty fe- fearless, like pulling down and running the ball today. I don't I don't see him wincing yeah, or doing anything. Um, but maybe in the pocket. See what I, I here, here's my theory on it. Allow me. Uh, I, I don't think it's injury. I think it's the trying to prevent him from getting injured has thrown him off greatly. Mm-hmm. And, and I know that that's yeah. something that people didn't want to buy into, but I kind of feel like that's happening and trying to force him to be this guy that he's not is again, also not great for his development. Sure. If, if the expectations are different around this football team, um, well, even in year four, I, I don't, I don't know what we'd be thinking, but uh, I, I, I think that there's just a lot in there of like, be more like this now. Do this. Remember that thing. Don't do that anymore. Now we're gonna do this. Now we're gonna do this. Now we're gonna do this. And to go back to, you know, the coaching tree where um, clearly like Frank Reich and John DeFilippo were playing like a little good cop, bad cop uh, to correct that and to correct a lot of those accuracy issues which were, weren't as evident in 2017, along with you know players making plays. And shout out to Zach Ertz today. I thought he made one of the best catches of his career uh, on, on the sideline when things started to, to not matter as much. But um, I think it is more the effect of try, and making sure he doesn't get injured as opposed to something with him physically was all I'd say there, E. Well, I, I think the most overrated narrative ever around Carson was like that he needed to change how he played. Like, he was never a reckless player. He just got Correct. hurt diving into the end zone in a play where that's absolutely what he should have been doing. I mean, I can think of maybe one or two plays in his entire career where you could argue he was reckless, right? Like, so he was never a reckless guy. I just think that when, I mean, coming out, even like when he was in the draft, the biggest concern about him was his accuracy. And it's just, it's hard to be a successful quarterback long term if you're not a good passer. It just is. So I, I think that's a large problem. But again, another part of making Carson successful, because they've committed to him, right? Like yes. there's never get, there's no there's no realistic debate in this city to be had about whether Carson is the quarterback for the next two years. He's financially committed to being here. So their their only way to run the team is to do what's like try to do what's best for him and make it work around him. And that's where the concern about Howie comes in. Like I, I think Doug I still believe in Doug as a head coach. I'm not sure I believe in Howie to do the right thing. I mean, this, this upcoming offseason, there are a lot of really good available receivers. They're, they're in the draft. They're in free agency. Like, do we trust Howie to bring in the right guys? Probably I, not. I, I don't know. Right. Not, so, yeah. so that's a concern for Carson, too. Oh, big time. Yeah, and it, that's, to, to me, that is, the, that is the issue, you know, and it's, it's what they have done from that point on. Um, including the draft and even, you know, the year of the draft with the Super Bowl. Like, I was wrong about a lot of things uh, coming out of that. And even now it's just going like, man, um, I feel like this is getting back to, I mean, Chip Kelly might have done the wrong things, but I I don't know, man. A lot of the stuff that he said has been right. And I don't know. I, I I I feel it kind of creeping back up, and I and I I see that the the Howie hate is starting to rise again, and the personnel stuff has always trailed him around too. So I don't know why we should be so surprised that you know we don't have the faith in in what's here, even though that 
I don't know. I guess Joe Douglas is a part of that too. But what, whatever. I I think that it's a. I I trust them for what it's worth better with the free agent talent than I would in the draft. So if I haven't even taken yeah, a they'll list, just, they'll just pay the best player, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, you know, right. So, but um, yeah. Listen, guys, there's there's going to be. A lot more questions and answers as this season kind of continues on. Uh, you will hear a thousand times and get annoyed with if Dallas loses, not much has still changed, and that's still true, except for you know common opponents and things like that. I I don't know what uh, they're down to now, but whatever. I'll always enjoy Dallas I, losing. I'll, I'll say. Oh, go ahead. I'll say this though too. Like, let's say they win the next three games. I think if they win the next three, there's a chance they beat Dallas. But just again, just using our eyes when we watch this team. They've played, like, the quality opponents that they've played this year. They got blown out by the Vikings. They got dominated by the Cowboys. They got pretty much dominated by the Seahawks. Yep. The Patriots came in here, and although that game was close, I don't think anyone ever actually thought they were going to win that game. Right. Like, I know they beat the Packers, but when we've seen this team against quality opponents, they've barely been competitive. So, yes, they could win the next three. It could happen. Maybe they even beat the Cowboys. Who knows? But – like the team has major structural issues that they need to fix. Yeah, they certainly do. Uh, and the only other thing I will say is uh, Tennessee Titans are kicking the shit out of the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's twenty-eight to three, um, yeah. and Nick Foles does not look that great either. So uh, again, outliers, outliers, and outliers. I think is the theme of tonight. And now we just have to see where a lot of this stuff uh, ends up. Um, I'm. Uh, thoroughly frustrated and disappointed like this the the fucked up thing to me is as i'm closing out here like even when we're talking about the cowboys and uh dak prescott's having a phenomenal year they're still not that good of a football team that's what drives me crazy like they're just not that Uh great they're they're in the same class as seattle is they're in the same class as all those guys it's that you know second tier of well, they're they're winning most. Of the, they're 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 coming uh coming away slightly better and having a little more luck. And then you know, obvious quarterback play has been outstanding for both of those teams. So it's just kind of like, God, like they're if if Carson just played not a quarter bit better, this team would be in a different position. There's a lot of things that yeah. could have changed over the season. It's just so fucking hard to compute. That like, man, this was supposed to be everybody's healthy and gung-ho and now everybody's hurts we're down to 2016 wide receivers and that's in gotta here. be the fr- that that's gotta be the frustrating part is like these last two weeks going into the patriots and the seahawks you said okay you know what tom brady and russell wilson are coming in here like those are going to be tough games neither of those quarterbacks even played that well right like if carson even just just played if carson played really good they would have won both games if right. he just played okay, they would have a good chance to win those games. But he turned in maybe his two worst games of the season in games that were just completely winnable. Oh, hey, by the way, just want to point out, A.J. Brown just fucking ran 165 yards to the house. Thanks, man. Thank you. Thank you very much. God damn it. Like, why? Were you an A.J. Brown guy? I was, I was, a, lot, I was a lot of people's guys. A.J. Brown was one of them. Debo <laughs> was one of them. A.J. <sighs> a big JJ guy. Let me All just right. say, and a big Things JJ guy. And, and guess what? Guess what? Beans, 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 beans. Hey, I actually thought he played okay today. Like all is not dead. I needed that last, uh, last big catch uh, for for, for yeah. the uh, meaningless touchdown. So that was nice. Uh, and th- and by the way, that was 
Uh, like 85% Carson, 25% JJ on the drop slash really bad throw. Uh, just want to point that out as well. So um, if you made it this far, we appreciate it. Uh, as always, go to liquiddeath, liquiddeath.com slash gobirds. Get you $2 off that fine, wonderful case of Austrian spring water and the most coolest 16-ounce uh, tall boy that you could possibly imagine. Uh, that is Elliot Shore Parks live coming out from uh, Lincoln Financial Field. I'm John Barcher. Thanks for listening to Go Birds number 147 right here on uh, Radio.com, Sports Radio 94, WIP. Go Birds?